0: Alright, well good evening. How's everyone doing? Good, good. I'm good. Thanks for asking, Macy. It's also really good to see you. Hey, so uh, my name is Philip. I'm one of the pastors here at Awakened Church. Uh, The teaching and executive pastor is kind of the role that I get to play here at our church. And we are in the very end of this, our last week of a series that we have called Movement. And so, just as a quick recap, in case you've missed a week or you've missed some of the weeks that we've done in the series... This is a series that we try and do in some capacity every year that kind of unpacks and kind of explains really the why for us as a church. Why do we do church the way that we do it? What what makes us unique and different? And also, what are some of the things that maybe helps explain uh, what you've been experiencing or feeling? So if you kind of are ever wondering, okay, why do we do it this way? Or what makes this unique or different? If you're like me, I grew up attending church and being a part of a church family Pretty much since I was born. And so for me, this community looks vastly different than a lot of other churches that I've been a part of in my past. And so understanding the why behind it is a huge part of it, right? So if you were here, we're just gonna do a really, really fast recap here. Um, I would strongly encourage you, every single message in the series, in my opinion, and I'm obviously biased, I only taught one of the weeks. so. Every single message, though, was awesome. I loved what the series was about. Um, We talked in the first, really, two weeks about some of the philosophy of a church. So I talked the first week, and Pastor Jeff talked the second week, really kind of explaining some of, again, the philosophy behind what makes Awakened Church different. So we talked about this idea of being a missional and attractional church. Um, Just a really quick thing, we're going to kind of get into the message tonight is about this. But, right, 20, 30 years ago, two or three generations ago, the church was the central piece of most towns and cities. So if you wanted to gather for community, fellowship, and for engagement with other people, most people were either cultural Christians or Christ followers, and so the church was the epicenter of most towns and and cities. Hampton Roads is really post-Christian for about two decades now, so most people's grandparents were the last generation who regularly were a part of a faith community that we would call church. So we are, we are fighting an uphill battle from this idea of come and see church, which is a tractional model. So you have to build this infrastructure. A lot of times it's about buildings, it's about ministries, and it's about the Sunday event that takes place. And we believe in the gathering of, of community, right? So what we're doing here tonight. It's obviously Saturday night, as Jeff said. And we've been doing that for a year, right? Isn't that crazy? I was thinking about that the other week. It's been a whole year of us doing Saturday night worship. And so I don't know about you, but if I just take a pulse check in my own life, life, it has been life-giving to worship on a Saturday night versus a Sunday morning. It it absolutely has. And I know that's a cultural shift for a lot of all of us in the room or people that we are around, people that we want to bring with us, some that opens doors, some people they may not be comfortable with that yet, and that's okay. But I know for me, just personally, it has been a very life-giving experience for me to gather with you guys on a Saturday. And then we explain kind of the missional pulse, which is to go and be among the people, and kind of explaining that we need both, and we need to we need to be gathered and centered around community. But at the end of the day, we're far more interested in our sending capacities as a church than our seating capacity. And so we're interested in seeing what God can do outside of these four walls way more than putting our butts in a seat in this space. And that's what we will always be as a church unapologetically. And so we don't have a lot of ministries and programs as a church. We have missional communities that exist to be present with where God's called them to be. That's how we choose to do ministry, and the lifeblood of our church flows through these MCs, these missional communities. But we don't want to have one or the other. It's a beautiful blend of both. Plan, right? So come and enjoy worship and teaching and fellowship. We do a family gathering every month for a reason. We obviously find ways to help, whether it's with Forge Kids or ways to volunteer and serve in this space. But at the end of the day, our heartbeat is to live out on mission. And so Jeff kind of unpacked that rule and rhythm that we live by, that we have basic principles that we hold to as a community, but the ebb and flow of what that looks like needs to be ironed out personally and communally. And so that was a huge part. And And at the very end of his message, one of the biggest takeaways I had was he kind of explained how he and Heather as a family unit choose to kind of invite people in to share tables and dinners with them on a monthly basis. And so again, go back and listen to these messages. There's a lot of practical and theological things I think help explain who we are as a church and ways that you can implement that into your life. And then we kind of jumped into our three rhythms, and tonight's where we're going to end on our third one. Uh, Neil shared about healing, and we kind of actually walked through practical ways in our worship gathering for us to if you weren't here for that it was amazing Uh, it was an awesome experience and then also just kind of getting a chance to walk through what does it mean to have confession to to take the lord's supper to, to walk through these opportunities that we have to reflect on how god can heal us individually so that also he can continue to heal us corporately as well and then last week, Pastor Steve talked about this idea of being raised up into our fullest potential, right? So our missional communities, if I were to boil it down to two simple statements for you, just kind of basically how I would say it you know, for us as a community. Our missional communities exist for each other, right? There's a, an opportunity for us to live on, uh, in community to love and care for each other, and that's where that raised up for potential comes into play, that you get a chance to show each other What the love of Christ looks like. Sometimes that's practically, and sometimes it's through encouraging words. Sometimes it's just from being present in a situation, right? But learning how you care for each other and also challenge each other to be raised to their fullest potential. So that, and it kind of leads us to tonight, our final rhythm, which is sending out. So that as we're healed, as we continue to walk through the healing process, as we continue to raise to our fullest potential by being in community. We can live as sent people, and and God sends us out. The very nature and the very heartbeat of God is ascending God, right? God sends Jesus, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit walks with us as the church, the body of Christ, as we are sent out into the world. And so tonight, we're just going to kind of read one of the main passages that that many of us have read and looked at together in this series. I'm just going to, I want you to read it and hear it through the lens of the sending out perspective tonight. And then we're going to jump into the message. Cool. So it's Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. This is one of those passages we've read again numerous times. And I want you to hear this way. This is really the heart of the early church beginning. Within, around this this chapter, it's being written, around the, the days of the early church. Thousands and thousands of people are coming to the faith, walking with Jesus for the first time, and experiencing what genuine, authentic Christian community looks like in its rawest, purest form. And so this is one of those passages that we view as a church is not just simply descriptive of what the early church was doing, but it's prescriptive. There are things that we can learn from this that absolutely design and create the ways in which we structure and understand God's mission for the church today. So let's just read it together again. Look at it through the lens of us being sent out. So all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and a fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and a prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So the early church is already on a mission, right? This has happened literally days after Jesus has ascended back to heaven. The early church is beginning its newfound mission. And in the process, they are understanding what it means to really do all three of the rhythms that we've kind of underlined that are core to us as a church. They're learning what it means to experience healing, they're figuring out, okay, God, what are you trying to, to help me unlearn and relearn? What are some things that you're kind of transforming in my life that is a new way of living? They're understanding, what does it mean for me to live and, and do life with other believers? They met together regularly, they broke bread together. You've heard the, the word or the phrase, rather, shared table numerous times already tonight. What does it mean for me to share my table with people around me? people in my community so I can love and bless others within the Christian faith. And then, obviously, as they begin to understand what God's really called them to, they begin to put their money together, their resources, their time, their energy, and they begin to bless other people. And as a result, God added to the number daily. So there's something very, very powerful about what the early church was experiencing and why we've chosen these three rhythms at the core of what we do. Now, we've been also highlighting in this series our 12 pathways. So, if you're newer to Awaken, we have basically 12 spiritual practices that we live by as a church. I don't usually use the word discipline. If you've been a part of a church community, you may have heard that phrase, spiritual discipline. Um, No one likes discipline in general, so it's a negative word by default. But in general, I think about the word practices because it's something that we're never gonna be perfect in. It's something that we implement regularly into our life though. Um, It also eliminates this idea of a discipline as something that you could just do as a task. And oftentimes a practice, something you incorporate as a habit into your life. And so we have these pathways that we as a church communally and individually, we walk out. And so within each of these weeks of the series and in every message really recently, we've tried to kind of come back to one of, if not numerous, pathways here for a reason. Because at the end of the day, the onus, the responsibility is on each of us individually to figure out, God, what are you saying to me pertaining to this topic? And the more that we can grow in each of these pathways— Then the far better communally we can become being effective. And that's so important about tonight's message pertaining to sending out because at the end of the day, this is a family on mission. We're a team. So I'm a guy, I like sports, so I'm sorry if you don't, but this is an easy opportunity to use a basic sports analogy, right? We are functioning as a team. And some of the larger sports teams out there, especially thinking about like football or some of those sports, even if you have the best player on a team, your team may be terrible. Right? You can have the best quarterback in the league, but if your defense is terrible, your team will also be terrible. You might score a lot of points, you might make a lot of noise, but at the end of the day, your effectiveness is very much limited by the rest of the people on a team around you as a team or as a family on mission, if we have some things that are going really well but other areas are not going super well because we're not all taking ownership and responsibility, then our team, our family will never grow to our fullest potential internally or externally. And that's so important because the series is called Movement for a reason that I genuinely believe right now and I've been sharing this with with my personal MC and even some of the people on staff with me recently that I have this newfound uh, adrenaline rush and excitement right now for what I think God is on the cusp of doing in our community, that I'm genuinely anticipating something special right now, and I can't explain it to you, I can put my finger on it exactly, but I really believe there's a movement of the Spirit that's going to take place as a result of our community and in our community, but it's not going to be because we have a great quarterback. It's not because we've got great teaching, great worship. We do. We have an awesome worship team. We have dynamic teachers in our community. We have great uh, missional community leaders as well. But at the end of the day, all of us working together, whether it's leadership or whether you're a part of a ministry team, it's going to require everyone at every level choosing to kind of lean into this movement of the Spirit with where God's leading us to go. And if we don't know why we're here, what we're doing, then we're going to miss the vision of where God's leading us to. And so kind of the opening piece here for you is pertaining to the movement that I wrote down is that we exist within a community that's dedicated to a movement because we're helping to usher in the light into the dark places. So think about it this way. At the end of the day, one of the beautiful things about sending out is it's an invitation that Jesus... Through the power of the Holy Spirit, this Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus that lives inside of us, but he's already at work, right? We believe one of the core theological principles is that the Spirit of the Lord is already at work, that you don't have to walk into a space and create spiritual matter. It already is there. If you are leaning in to where the Spirit is leading you, that's really important so understanding that you and I play a role in partnering in community with each other, but also partnering with the Holy Spirit to help to bring light into darkness, right? We sing about this, that, that God's heavenly kingdom would come to earth, that, that God's kingdom would be present here on earth as it is in heaven. And it's almost as if God shines the spiritual spotlight on a certain area and says, hey, this is where I'm at work, join me here. So that's part of ushering this idea that as we're dedicated to a movement, as we are committed to being in community, we help to bring light into dark places. But it's important that you understand it's not just simply you doing it, right? It's us partnering with the Holy Spirit in that process. So I want to get to the pathway of reaching tonight because this is really one of the main pathways that pertain to the sending out rhythm that we have. There are other ones we read about even in the Acts 2 passage, the rhythm of generosity, right? That was mentioned as where they blessed people and that was where they they saw people added to their number. But the reaching... um, pathway here is really an example of where you and I get to share the love of Christ, the good news of Christ, with people around us. So we define it this way, sharing the hope of Christ's love. Very simple, sharing the hope of Christ's love. As you and I go, we are all called to walk into the pathway of sharing Christ's love wherever we go understanding that it comes though from this beautiful word of hope right if there's one thing that i think the world does not have or can easily lose i should say that way when there are moments of difficulties obstacles trials it's hope one of the things that should separate the christ followers from people who don't yet know jesus fully and i say it that way intentionally is the hope that we have that comes from knowing jesus That hope governs a lot of what it is that we do, right? On days that I could feel overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, stressed, beaten down, what should bring me back to a place of peace, of of calmness in my spirit is this hope that I have based out of who Christ is in my life. And so we have a supporting verse here. I want to read it to you. It's from Philemon, uh, verse 6. There's only really one chapter in the whole letter. It says, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing that we share for the sake of Christ. A couple things here I want to point out to you while we leave this slide up here on the screen. So think about some of the key words in this passage. Sorry, I have a different... Do I have a different verse? All right. Different version? Go back up there. Leave it up there. You're good. All right, let's read the one up here. I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. I have no idea what I'm reading right now. That's okay. <laughs> I want to go off of what I have, and I'll figure that one out later. We'll put it on Facebook. That's my mistake. But there's a basic understanding of the gospel message that it is something that we are partnered in together, okay? The important thing that we understand is that we are, again, partnered with each other, that... We can't, all these messages are built on each other for a reason. So it's really hard to reach your fullest potential if you haven't experienced healing from knowing Jesus. It's also very hard to live as sent people if we don't understand how we are raised to our fullest potential by being in community together. You and I will get burnt out so fast if we are simply on mission by ourselves but not walking in partnership with each other to carry it out. If I were to ask you to raise your hand, how many of you guys have ever been burnt out from just feeling like you're doing something all by yourself and not having a support system around you? Then that's exactly what, this, what happens when we don't partner in community together. And so, as we kind of understand, right, I, again, I said I grew up in the church, it's a common church Christianese word for this would be evangelism right? Have you guys ever heard the word evangelism before? Right? And it comes with some baggage, right? We've got like TV evangelists and people out there that uh, have caused us sometimes to hear that word evangelist and it kind of, we cringe a little bit, right? But this idea of sharing the good news is something that each of us are called to. At the end of the day, you and I, we're all called to be missionaries that have been mobilized to carry the mission of God with us wherever we go. And just simply put, I think a lot of it is just simply about a perspective. I think if you and I viewed each opportunity, each place that we went to, whether it was your job, your school, the grocery store, a birthday party, a poker night, I don't care what it is, if every opportunity you went to, you viewed it as an opportunity to be a a local missionary in that context, I think it would drastically change how we live as Christians. Now, let me say really quickly what I'm not suggesting. Right? I'm not looking for the like uh, the megaphone Christian guy who has like a, a who instead of living a tip at the restaurant, right, leaves a pamphlet, right? Cuz you can't put a price tag on salvation. So I gave you a pamphlet so you're welcome, right? <laughs> right? Hate that stuff. All of these this that's not what we're talking about, right? That's not evangelism evangelism and living on mission, and I'm gonna give you some practical steps tonight, it comes from understanding the perspective of wherever I go, I carry with me the spirit of Jesus. Just let that sink in for a second. Wherever you go, you carry with you the spirit of Jesus. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and I if you're a Christ follower. There are some incredibly powerful Um, opportunities that you and I are placed in for a a reason, but how often we walk away from them because we don't know that we're empowered in that place for a specific reason. And so we miss the opportunities in front of us. So what if the next home that you bought was because you were called to that neighborhood, not because it was a good price tag or had the best market value? What if the next job you took wasn't because it offered you the best money, but because you felt like the Lord was calling you to work with certain people that God was calling you to minister to. I'm not against money. I'm not against good market value, right? What I'm saying is look for the movement of the Spirit, not for what makes you happy. But man, how often do I make decisions based around what I want in this moment versus, God, what are you trying to do here right now? Let me just push the pause button and ask the basic question, God, where are you at work right now? Because again, it's about a partnership and understanding. So I want to give you a, the kind of the basic message tonight around a story that Jesus um, shares, a real story of what Jesus kind of sends out his early disciples on a mission. And So it's found in Luke chapter 10. We're going to read about 10 verses of it together. So follow along with me. Uh, it'll be up here on the screen. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs. Into all the towns and places he, visited, he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the field. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, not a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals. And don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Wherever you've been... Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, May God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality, because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, We wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate. And know this the kingdom of God is near. So, a couple of things about this passage, okay? This is a passage that I think there are a lot of, of very practical things that apply to you and I. There's some things in here that scare us as we even just read it, and some things that seem a little foreign to us. So let's just kind of take a moment. We'll kind of go through this kind of fast, but stay with me. So a couple of really key observations. Number one, Jesus doesn't send them alone, right? Number one, he sends them out in pairs. You're on a team, right? You're on mission with other people. So for you in this room, if you are married and you have a family, or if you have a roommate, you by default already have a partnership formed, Right. So start there. Start with, God, where are you calling my family or my household to kind of be on mission together? But obviously through awakening, because it's part of the very core of who we are as a church, we invite you to be on mission with your community. So your missional community is a localized uh, option for you to serve and find ways for God to send you out. So the first thing that Jesus does very wisely that's really important is that do not go alone. Right? This is for you to go with other people. Find people that can go with you on mission together. Right? So that's the first thing. Right, Don't go alone. Go with a team. Right? Second key observation here. There's something very beautiful here, and There's some, uh, some cultural differences here, so let's just kind of get to the root of it. Right? It was very much part of the cultural norm for someone who was entering a home for the very first time to declare a blessing over the home. And so in that process there would be a ritual that would be done between both the host and the guest of the home. And so what Jesus is explaining here is that as you go, look for people of peace, look for homes of peace that you can go to that welcome you into that space, right? 21st century version, very simple. Find people that welcome you into their lives. Look for opportunities for people That as you go and you bring with you a blessing of, hey, I would love to to be your friend, to be a part of what you're doing here. I want to look for a way for us to connect in any shape or form. Those are people of peace. So Jesus says, don't bounce around from house to house. The goal is to not add as many people to the cause as possible. The goal here is to be present with the people that I've called you to be at. Let me say that again. The goal here is not to add as many people as possible to the following. The goal here is to find ways to be present where God is at work, where there is peace already forming in the relationship. So by default, the flip side of this, and this is where we kind of end this part of the message, which seems harsh. But 100% understand that Jesus means what he says here is that there are times where you will knock on the door of a home or in 21st century version, you know, go to someone and attempt to, to be a person of peace to them, and it's not receptive, right? They're not looking for, to be a part of what you're doing. They're not interested in what you're doing right now. And so Jesus says, wipe the dust off your feet and move on to the next town. Like your timeline of what you want to see God doing, he's not doing it yet, right? There's this beautiful image in the New Testament where we understand that sometimes seeds are planted, sometimes seeds are watered, but ultimately God is the one who makes them grow. You don't know what stage that's at, right? Because you're not God, I'm not God. And that's okay. But understand that there are times where you have to, you're not called to beat down the door, you're called to have the dust off your feet and move on to the next home because the more time you waste beating down the doors of people in your life, the more opportunities you're missing for the people that God's called you to be a part of, the people that God's called you to do mission and life together with. So I had this final kind of thought to kind of summarize what we're talking about tonight that I think would be helpful. The heart of the pathway of reaching isn't to impose something but it's rather to propose a different way of living. The heart of the pathway of reaching isn't to impose something on someone, but to simply propose a new way of doing life. The gospel is not something that's called, that is designed by nature to overtake someone. It's not this warfare-based word. It's this transformational-based word. And understanding that reaching is about sharing the hope of Christ's love understands that sometimes it means just sitting back and proposing a different way of doing things. Now, I'm not empowering those of you in the room who maybe need to be a little bit more bold. I'm not empowering you to sit in the shadows, right? I hope that you are empowered to walk in the pathway of reaching because you're going to have God-sized conversations that you miss out on if you're not in tune with where God's leading you to but we're also not looking for the megaphone guy to scream at people about Jesus is coming back and you need to get saved tomorrow, right? The offer for the gospel isn't simply eternal life. The offer for the gospel is is being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. And as a result, we get to spend eternity together. But that's not the only part of this. There's a picture that I saw on Facebook. I want you to look at this. It's been around for a few weeks now. I've seen it at a few different parades. But they're, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, Uh, marches. Basically, like, they're pride marches that take place or uh, ways where people begin to, you know, make a stand for certain things. And so this is a sign. It's kind of hard to see, but basically it's Christians holding up signage, apologizing to members of the LGBTQ community for the ways that Christians have treated them. You see, Christianity has been far more known recently for what we impose on other people than proposing a new way of living. And how we reach the world around us has everything to do with our posture. So these are Christians apologizing to people who believe and live lifestyles different than them, but are saying, hey, I'm sorry for the way that people who also follow Jesus like me I'm sorry for the way that we've treated you. That is walking in the pathway of reaching. Man, if I, I really truly wish that people that are Christ followers would understand the difference between acceptance and approval. I accept you doesn't mean that I approve of everything you do. There are people in this room, I love you, you love Jesus, I accept you, I don't always approve of what you do. Probably vice versa. Why can't we do that with people who don't yet know Jesus too? Because what they see is that they're not accepted or approved. And as we've talked about back even around the Easter message that we did, Jesus very clearly explains that the gospel is for all. It's an inclusive gospel. You do not get to decide who's in and out. That's for Jesus to do. Your job is to reach people and propose a way of of doing life that's different. And the hope, which is founded in Christ's love, which is the heart of the pathway that we're talking about of reaching, is what helps sets us apart. So really quickly on the way out tonight, I have five simple things for you that I want you to give you. You can write these down really, really fast. I want you to schedule margin in your life to reach people. Some of you in the room, this all sounds great. You've got no space. Right? You've got no time for God to come in and do what he wants to do. I look at your calendars. right? You've got no time. So this was really simple. I don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Find time in your life that you specifically give back to the Lord and say, God, what are you asking me to do? Do I need to invite my neighbor over for dinner? Do I need to run... Back to McDonald's and grab a meal for that homeless guy that I just felt compelled to because I'm okay because i got 10 more minutes to go on the way to work, right? do you spend an extra minute standing outside on my lunch break calling someone that God put on my heart today because I just feel the need to. right? Where is margin in your life for God to do some of the things that we're talking about tonight? Because if you view your perspective as a part of this church and being a part of the movement that we're called to, and you have no space, we're going to miss opportunities left and right. Number two, pray. Very simple. Are you actually praying and asking God for opportunities to be placed in front of you for where he's calling you to be at work, to pray for those people of peace that Jesus explains in Luke chapter 10? And if you pray... God will begin to open your eyes to it. I guarantee you. But you have to ask God to help walk you through that process. And you have to open your eyes to see things the way that God sees them. And that, that, that happens when we align ourselves through prayer and listening to what the Spirit is doing. Number three, do what you love, but with other people. I don't care what it is. It could be, and I'm just using an example because I talked to Brandon this week and he's not in the room right now, but I talked to Brandon and he joined a, a guy's poker night the other night for a Tuesday night with some guys near his house. He loves poker. Man, find a way to play poker then. But take people with you and do things with people and find ways to live on mission in those contexts. That doesn't mean preaching the gospel while you're laying out a full house. It means explaining to someone what you do and, and what makes your family different and how you choose to live generosity out and how you choose to be a part of a community. Right? All those things come up in conversations the more that I get to know you and you get to know me. So bring people with you and do what you love with other people. Living on mission should not require all this extra energy. I'm just asking you to do what you love, but do with a purpose. Number four, ask good questions and listen. Hey, what's your story? What brought you here? Why are you in Hampton Roads? What's something new you've learned recently? How could I help your family right now? What's something that gets you excited that we can do together? There are people who don't need to be asked and simply invited to go to a church service. There are people who want to be invited to do something with other people. And in the process, they will meet Jesus because Jesus lives inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. So ask good questions, learn to listen. Maybe some of you need to be, you know, on the one side of it, you need to be bold enough to ask questions. Some of you need to shut up and listen, right? Figure out where you are on that. But all of us need to hear that. And number five, Invite them in the community. This is why all of our missional communities have an opportunity for an out. Whether it's a brunch, a fish fry, a shared table night at a home, it doesn't matter what it is, all of our missional communities have an opportunity for you to invite someone into a space that is not overtly Christian, but yet exudes the love of Jesus in a space that is specifically designed for you to reach people around you, bring them into community and let them see for themselves why reaching invites them into hope and that shows them something different about who we are as a community. So I don't know where you're at on this, on these five things. But my hope tonight as we finish up this movement series is that you would leave here encouraged and excited Because I genuinely believe that God is truly about to unleash a powerful movement for us as a church. I am more excited today than I've ever been being a part of this church right now. And I genuinely mean that. But whether it's me or anyone else up here teaching, at the end of the day, one of the worst things that happens for me as your teaching pastor, is that you hear a good sermon, you're a part of a great sermon series, and you leave here, and you don't do anything with it. Yeah, we did this series back in the day about who we are as a church. It was really good. Cool, what are you doing with it? Ah, I forget what it was about. The hope of us gathering together is for you to be equipped and empowered that we can walk this out in community. But each of us, have to walk into these pathways. Each of us have to walk in what it means to be community. Because as we are centered in Christian community, we are far more effective at reaching the lost and reaching the people that God's called us to. But each of us plays a role in that. So tonight, if you're not in a missional community, man, get your butt in a missional community. If you're not finding ways to steward well, you need to start sitting down with someone who can help you steward your resources and time better. If you don't have any margin, it probably means you don't have any rest. Man, where are you finding Sabbath rest in your life? I don't know where you find yourself in the spectrum of this series, but please don't leave this series, as we kind of encapsulate it tonight, please don't leave here asking the question, what do I do? There's a thousand things we've given you to do. Meet with someone. Find accountability. The pathway of accountability is that you're raised to your fullest potential. Find someone around you to do that. Please hear my heart tonight. I'm excited and encouraged, but I can't do it alone. Your co-leadership team, our SLT, we can't do it alone. Your missional community, you can't do it alone. We need each other. So be committed to community and start walking in these pathways and find ways where God is already at work for you to partner with him. Can we agree to do that? All right, I want to pray. And we're going to get ready to, to finish out this series with, with the time of worship. And during this moment of prayer, I'm just going to be quiet for a second, and I want you to really think through God, what are you asking of me right now? So let's pray. God, tonight, as a church, we surrender. This is your church, this is your vision, this is your mission of what you've called us to be. You've called us to exist in neighborhoods and homes, to be present with our coworkers, to be a team together, God, at the end of the day, we ask for your spirit to lead us, to guide us. God, forgive us for not doing our part individually. God, I ask for forgiveness in moments where I have not done my part. In the moments where we think more about ourselves than each other. I'm more interested in building the kingdom of Philip versus the kingdom of heaven. God, I do ask for a movement of your spirit in our church and in Hampton Roads. I pray through the partnerships that are forming with other churches that we're a part of. I pray through the missional communities that are finding new, exciting opportunities into relationships. God, as you lead us into each of these spaces, I pray that your spirit would lead us to bring light into darkness. And God, I pray that you would empower us as a church, that you would send us out as ambassadors of the gospel. Send us out as your children representing a family on mission. God, I pray for those in the room who need boldness. I pray you would give them courage and boldness. Equip them with the internal fortitude to go and reach the world around them. For those who are out in the world but just need fresh eyes to see the people around them, God, I pray you would give us fresh eyes in the room to see people the way that you see them, to lead us to the people of peace that you call us to. God, for those who are disenfranchised, the marginalized and the oppressed, would you lead us to them? Would you cause us to align our hearts with your heart and be the church for once? In Jesus' name, amen.